0: The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. Hello, and welcome to Who Review. The show I'm going to review is Doctor Who, but you probably knew that already. Here we have the second of the two-parter, the Zygon Inversion. An inversion. It's turned in on itself. So, what have we here... I was thinking, at the very start of this... Clara doesn't seem to have much luck, does she? She's been splintered in time... Trapped in a Dalek... Frozen in a Victorian workhouse... And now black toothpaste! I'm very much liking Bonnie, though... Cue the music! And, oh my... Let's be fair... Right from the off... Doctor Who has offered up the finest episode of the year so far with this two-parter, the Zygon Invasion Inversion. The thrilling caper with a conscience. It's combined surprises and social scares for adults mixing wit with a layer of social commentary that wasn't subtle, but was perfectly pitched for kids and us big kids. Now... I think that this is an outstanding, bold, ambitious, brilliant, gripping piece of television. It's a testament to what Doctor Who can do, that that not many can get close to. Sure, with other science fiction, I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica, you've had different things, you know, but all oh, Battlestar Galactica is the telling of the, uh, the Cybermen... I digress. This is of its time. This is science fiction portraying political fact. It's brave. Uh, I don't think there are many contemporaries that can get within distance of how this is put together. Um, it makes you see things how they are and I guess that's the whole point of having a metamorphing alien it it makes you wonder the differences what's the difference between me, the difference between you, the difference between them over there well underneath aren't we all the same now the inversion has had two claras for the price of one And I'm not arguing with that. We've got the real deal facing off against the rather slinky, rather sinister double. But Bonnie's, uh Well, she's ticked a few of my boxes, listeners. But I do like the fact that Clara finds out that she is soon able to affect her duplicate's actions through sheer exertion of will. And let's be honest, if anyone's going to have that kind of willpower, I think it's going to be Clara. She seems a bit... High maintenance. <laughs> so, how deep does this connection run? How symbiotic is the link? How different are we really from the alien invaders? Fortunately, her first attempt at blowing up the plane misses. And then, eventually, she manages to hit the plane. And then we get. My name's Tur. Doctor. Oh, yes. James Bond style with a Union flag parachute. It's the spy who loved me. Or is that the Time Lord who loved me? Doctor Who really does know how to turn the movie references. I was uh, absolutely thrilled. Of course, I did wonder how come Osgood was all messy and the Doctor is all suave. I have no idea how he managed that. The scenes swap from New Mexico to the London estate. And it is again another tonal shift of the domestic science fiction. It continues to explore three themes of extremism, xenophobia and tolerance all through this this filter, these sonic sunglasses (laughs) I wonder if they're rose tinted rose tinted, I thank you I'm here all week I'm not part of your fight, I just want to live here bemoans a concealed Zygon forced to revert to his true form this has a sort of modern feeling but also a throwback nod to the 1970s the episode pondering of real life social conflicts and uh, the exploitation of some classic body horror the scenes of the slow presumably painful Zygon transformation blurs the lines between human and Zygon and this is blurred further by the presence of Osgood although as well as the serious message we do get um, we do get a couple, of, uh, a couple of nice doctor moments of him calling himself Dr. John Disco and um, Dr. Puntastic I have nothing wrong with Dr. Puntastic that should be used all the time in my book I like the fact that all through this we don't know whether Osgood is Osgood or Zygood. See, if the Doctor can calls, call call a name using a slightly racist slur, I don't see why I can't. But isn't that part of the problem? Isn't that part of the problem? The Doctor himself, even for comic effect, breaks out a little bit of... A little bit of racism with calling uh, calling Clara 2 Zygella. Yeah. I've only just thought of that which is why I haven't written it down. I'd better write it down really quick. So, watching Clara 1 vs. Clara 2. More gripping than Richard Herring's self-playing snooker? Or slightly less? Personally, I wanted more. Um, I started out Originally not liking Clara. And I said the other week. Now she's coming to the end of her tenure. I'm beginning to like her. This should come as no surprise. It seems that Doctor Who has been writing. Well actually writing a part. For a companion. Now. I don't know why the writers were reigning in. Some of Osgood's more extreme uh, affections here. Uh, even though there's the ambiguity surrounding her origins, she feels a bit more, I suppose, like a like a real person, and less of a uh, walking, talking piece of fan service. the The pacing of this inversion is not as frantic. It's not as racy, pacey. Um but what it lacks for in sheer action it makes up in spectacle it makes up for the makes up with some significant character moments Now the race against time to reach the Osgood box becomes something more complex and interesting The episode comes into its own in its final act and I have uh, taken something to play for you at the end the emotion as we get to the end of this the realisation of um, what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box Um, some of the letdowns before we get there is is Kate I'm not feeling the love for Kate she's meant to be science supreme But still, once in the Black Archive, we get the game of war and consequences, with the explanation of sorrow and understanding. Now I guessed that there would be two boxes, stands to reason. Two Osgoods, two boxes, one for the humans, one for the Zygons. it comes into its own even though it's a ruse because it's been keeping both mankind and Zygons at bay the grandiose confrontation with both Kate and Bonnie is spellbinding, breathless it's breathtaking lecture on the futility of war this is perhaps one of the finest moments of Doctor Who that I've ever seen And I'd like to play just a small snippet now. And we're off, fingers on buzzers! Are you feeling lucky? Are you ready to play the game? Who's gonna be quickest? Who's gonna be luckiest? This is not a game! No, it's not a game, sweetheart, and I mean that most sincerely. Why are you doing this? Yes, I'd quite like to know that too. You set this up, why? Because it's not a game, Kate! This is a scale model of war! Every war ever fought, right there in front of you Because it's always the same When you fire that first shot No matter how right you feel You have no idea who's going to die You don't know whose children are going to scream and burn How many hearts will be broken? I can't applaud that speech enough I really can't one of perhaps the most moving speeches maybe that's just because of my um, my views on the futility of war It, it really got to me so now on to more cheerful things If Bonnie assumed Osgood's form, does that mean Osgood is the human and Missy killed the double? I don't know. All I do know is that the Doctor will be back next week totally and radically driving in space. I'll be back next week too. Perhaps not as radical or driving like the Doctor. This Galactic netbite has been brought to you by imperialsteam.com Why not follow me on Twitter at Imperial Gnome Email me at imperialgnome at gmail.com Or look me up on Facebook Or just ask my Galactic Netcast friends how to contact me. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about the show you just listened to, including how to subscribe and give us feedback, plus additional podcasts from the Galactic Network, daily news features, videos, links to our social networks, and more, go to gncasts.com. That's gncasts.com.